Wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And today we are joined with the cutest one. We have Wesley Teague with us today. Hi. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I don't know what online dating feels like, but this is probably the closest thing to it. And you guys are taking a chance on me today, so I'm just honored to be here. And just like online dating, if this flops, I'll just block you out. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally understandable. So this week we are covering Crazy Stupid Love. And I literally just finished watching it and delighted. I love it. This was my first time watching it. And when I told my followers I was watching it, I did a poll if I would like it or not. And they all said I would hate it. And I don't know why. I don't know what they think about me. (laughs) Oh, you hate love and funny. (laughs) Steve Carell, how dare you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I truly don't know what they think I would dislike. I was very confused. Well, this is an interesting movie because it simultaneously like completely holds up and doesn't hold up at all. Mm. And I loved it. (laughs) I was worried to rewatch it because I remembered loving it. Like I saw it in theaters. I remember loving it then. And I still love it now. Yeah, I gave it a solid A minus or B plus. One of the better rom-coms. I think the untitled, I don't want to get ahead of anybody if Donnie's already done all the research. (laughs) I think it was called Untitled uh, Marital Crisis Comedy. That's correct. I found that in my notes, yeah. That tracks. Sorry, Donnie. I didn't mean to steal no, your No, it's thunder. all right. I barely do research, so if you okay. have any other facts, we'll take them, because that's the only thing I have. That's my one. That's it. That's all I got. So let's jump into what was going on the week this movie came out. So this movie premiered on July 29th, 2011. It was a Friday. Party Rock Anthem by LMFAO was at the top of the U.S. music charts, and Barack Obama was president. Also, along with this movie, the Smurfs opened in theaters. Oh, how'd that do? Did it do better than this or not? Like you, I don't do research, so (laughs) I saw the Smurfs and said, cool, type, 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 enter, 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 didn't think about it again. Love that. Now, my roommate in college did go as the woman Smurf one year for Halloween. Smurfette is her name. Smurfette. And she covered herself from head to toe in blue, what she thought was body paint. It turned out to be just painter's paint. (laughs) And she had like a bluish tinge to her face for like two weeks following that. She smurfed up, as they say (laughs) in the movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. She committed, though. You know, we both love a person that commits to the costume, so. She blew herself? (laughs) (laughs) It was like she had jaundice, except not yellow. I don't think I liked 2011 as far as the music was concerned, because, yeah, the party rock anthem, I think, Moves Like Jagger came out. And my wife and I were wedding photographers. We're slowly getting out of the biz, but that was a year where... For the next 10 years, I heard Moves Like Jagger and Party Rock Anthem at every wedding, along with, you know, all the other 
staples of weddings and yeah. so every time moves like jagger yeah. well man uh, i would leave the dance floor well i'm glad you didn't come into the gap in times square i know i told this story already <laughs> but when i was a manager at the gap in times square it's two floors so when that song would come on i would take the elevator to the top floor so i could come down the stairs sexily during christina aguilera's verse <laughs> Wow. I don't know if you've told that story because I really? feel like I would have remembered it and been. Oh, yeah. Horrified. I just waited at the top of the stairs to come down like this. You want to know? And Wesley has just logged off. <laughs> this date did not go well. My Wi Fi is bad. <laughs> One of the many reasons I was fired because they were like, Donnie, the employees think of you as a friend, not a manager. I was like, well, that's what I'm here to make friends. So, <laughs> what do they call that? A personality hire? Yeah. I feel like 2011. I'm with Donnie as far as my personality goes. It was formed in like, I think you were quoted saying your personality was formed in 99, maybe. (laughs) And so I also peaked in 99 to like 2003. That's my wheelhouse. But 2011, I think was the first time I entered the workforce. You know, I was really adulting at the time. And so, you know, it was a C plus year. As far as years ago. Now, when you say I was quoted, was that the Better Homes and Gardens? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Teen People, maybe, <laughs> Ooh, <or> okay. Tiger <laughs> Beat. <laughs> I did some research. I listened. I did my best Donnie research. Well, and you, you were wow. quoted. I think 99 was your best year, you said. Well, you've already done more research than we have, like, combined in the year plus we've been doing this podcast. Yeah. So, Wesley, you did bring up Steve Carell. I am obsessed with this man. I don't know if it's common to want to just bang him but call me a Corel head I am there he is just so delightful like everything he's in he's so charming so likable and I love him he ages like a fine wine <laughs> and uh I take it as a compliment but my wife thinks I look like Steve Carell I know this is just a podcast I think it's just because I'm a white guy with a beard <laughs> and hair mostly yeah. but I mean I'm an office file I guess yeah. too so I'm one of those people that says if you watch The Office and then they mm-hmm. just keep rewatching it and I quote it too much well you're in good company because I watch the dinner party episode like once a month if I'm having a bad day I put on that bad boy and just laugh and laugh so. <laughs> and I watched the one where he grills his foot to fall asleep so <laughs> I was not on the office train when it aired and because of that i was on the steve carell head when these movies came out i did see evan almighty in theater so you're okay. welcome for that steve. famously <laughs> at the top of his discography collection yeah, number one in my book <laughs> you think Mine's of steve carell you think evan, evan almighty, almighty of course <laughs> No, it was a bop. And I do want to say, Wesley, I think it's your eye placement. I've been squinting to see if I can see Steve in you. And I think that's where I think I see it. So apologies to your wife that I was like, I would totally bone him. Yeah, you look like him. (laughs) Yeah, that was very arrogant of me to say I look like Steve Carell. No, it's fine. You didn't say you look like Jalen Hurts. Then I would have to Yeah, that's true. I did not say I say I look like Nev Campbell every week and Donnie just gets mad at me. So, you know. Who's Donnie look like? He says Taylor Taylor Lautner. Lautner. Or Megan Fox. I get a Talking about delusional. It's the eyebrows. Yeah. (laughs) So if you want to see our stunning, perfect, amazing faces that look like A-list celebrities, head to <laughs> patreon.com slash I am the cute one. There you will find the uncut, unedited, and unhinged versions of our current shows in audio and video form. So weigh in. Tell us if we look like Steve Carell, Taylor Lautner, or, you know, Nev Campbell, who I do 
famously look exactly like. <laughs> At the end of Scream when she's covered in blood. <laughs> okay. So, Donnie, do you have any tidbits for us today? I do, yes. So it was written by TV icon and emotional terrorist Dan Fogelman. You may recognize that name because he's the creator of This Is Us. <gasps> I know. So, again, I don't know why people thought I would hate it, because This Is Us is my entire personality. It was directed by two people I've never heard of, Glenn Ficarra and John Requia. Requa. R-E-Q-U-A. Requa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they directed Focus and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. The budget was $50 million, and it made $145 million. Wow. Yeah, so it's scooped in a pretty penny. Yeah. Okay, so for the taglines, Wesley, we play Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. All right, so the first one is, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Yeah. I am going to fuck it. Okay. Because I feel like this is crazy and... You know, crazy people in bed can be good. Oh, that's so. true. Yeah, yeah you're I'm right. the same. I'll say the same. Okay. The next one, and then you'll see where we're going with this. Oh, no. This is stupid. Oh, this is stupid. <laughs> I'll kill that one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Smart, smart. So then kill the that last one. one is, obviously, this is love. Mary. Wow. And I'm so glad you're here, Wesley, because I knew where it was going, and I still was about to end up <laughs> killing love and marrying stupid. So what does that say about hey. me? <laughs> you are just like Jennifer Lawrence in the second Hunger Games movie because you broke the game, I think. <laughs> yeah. We hacked the system. Yeah. The filmmakers, like you said, Wesley, they didn't have a title for the movie. It was called Untitled Rom-Com or something. So the filmmakers offered a free iPad on set to whoever came up with a title for the movie. And... Whoever picked Crazy Stupid Love has a new iPad now. Wow. A 2011 iPad. <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Before we have Wesley do his one-minute synopsis, I want to know what character, if any, in this movie do you identify as? Is it a bad answer to say I feel like I identify with the boy, with uh, Steve and Ryan Gosling? Okay. Can I so say a mix of all? <laughs> I mean, I had a weird trajectory growing up. I feel like I identify with the... The child as a child. <laughs> I had some things that came up. <laughs> some interesting relationships. And then, you know, I, I had some uh, Ryan Gosling. You know, it was a small era of my well, life. i got to have a hoe phase. Yeah, I had a hoe phase. <laughs> I don't like to revel too much in that. <laughs> but now I'm in my Steve Carell phase, I feel like. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Dan? I was torn, and I was going... Th- through a few characters, but then our friend, the Pink Pop Podcast, messaged me when I said I was watching this movie and said, oh, you'll love it. You're 100% Marissa Tomei. And I <gasps> said, oh, yeah, I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> Who is my crush. Oh, yeah. So Donnie <laughs> in a way, my crush. So I identify as Jessica, the babysitter. So I do want to say, first of all, the actress that plays Jessica now identifies as they, them, but for the purposes of this podcast and talking about about the character that they played, Jessica. We're going to be using she, her pronouns. I just wanted to say that. But Jessica the babysitter getting caught in the dumbest way by (laughs) hiding nude photos just in the first place you would look when your mom is still doing your laundry. Like that was just me as a teenager. I was always basically getting myself caught because I was just dumb about it. Now I never sent nudes.
dudes to anybody's dad. <laughs> so we are going to put one minute on the clock, and we're going to have you give a synopsis of this fine film. So whenever you're All ready, right. take it away. The regional manager of Dunder Mifflin finally gets his promotion, but his life is on coast. His wife, played by an actress, I googled the entire movie to find out what she was in, desperately wants a divorce. Steve Carell, down and out, is soon discovered by my preferred Ryan from Hollywood, Ryan Gosling. Ryan gives Steve the she's all that treatment, and they team up to conquer the dating scene in what apparently is the only bar in greater Los Angeles. Yeah. There are some horny teens, an alcoholic teacher, and Kevin Bacon in the movie that throw the plot into a wild web of relationship chaos. Ryan ends up dirty dancing with one of the many Emmas in Hollywood, and the movie ends happily ever after with Steve and Julianne staying together, a teen giving away her nudes to a minor, and a song about skin cancer. Uh, we find out years later this movie was just a prequel to La La Land. <laughs> that was great. My only okay. complaint is, do you not know who Julianne Moore is? I do know who she, she's in Boogie Nights and uh, Hunger Games and some other... But she kind of fits in that part of Hollywood where it's like Laura Dern or Laura Laney mm. or... Jessica Chastain or Bryce Dallas Howard. All redheads and... look the same. You can say it. Yeah. <laughs> if this was a news show, I would put the... Is it Chiron? Chirac? What's the word? Chiron. <laughs> yeah, I never can say it. I would put a Chiron right now. Wesley Teague. All redheads look the same. I'm sorry to the redheads out there. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, God. <laughs> and if you're a short-haired redhead, get out okay, of my face. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'll channel this anger towards short-haired redheads to you then, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. The movie you pick for Valentine's Day starts with a couple deciding to get divorced <laughs> and their babysitter <laughs> wanting to fuck the dad. Happy Valentine's Day! <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So Julianne Moore tells Steve Carell that she slept with David Lindhagen and she wants a divorce. So after tucking and rolling out of a moving car, casually ruining his son's entire life by nonchalantly informing him of the impending divorce. Cal, Steve Carell, chugs vodka cranberries at his local watering hole. <laughs> and it does twist the knife that we find out that David Lindhagen is Kevin Bacon. I gasped when it was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I did not know a Kevin Bacon appearance was in our midst. Six degrees. Yeah, this is the six yeah. degrees. <laughs> Have you ever thought about how you are six degrees away from Kevin Bacon? Well, now we're one degree because we can say that we covered a Kevin Bacon movie. Well, on no, our because he wasn't here. Oh. For instance, mine, if I were just to think about it off the off top, the top of, my head. of your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is something I think about often. <laughs> Kevin Bacon was in X Men First Class with Jennifer Lawrence, and Jennifer Lawrence was in a movie with someone that fucked me. Like three degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and one would argue maybe just two if that was a pretty close <laughs> encounter. You know? Yeah, that's some crispy bacon. That's breakfast, honey. <laughs> oh, good lord. Well, Kevin Bacon was in... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. this is the thing. He was in Dirty Dancing, right? So what a weird no, thing No, he was for not. This... No, he's in Footloose. Oh, dancing. <laughs> I was thinking that it was like such a weird thing that they put a mm. Dirty Dancing move in this movie with him in the cast. I thought that was so weird. So it makes more sense that he wasn't in that dancing movie. Yeah. So if you were right, yeah, you would be on point. Patrick but Swayze you are answer. wrong. So... I think you make a lot of mistakes often, uh -oh. but <laughs> messing up two movie musicals, I think, is perhaps the most homophobic thing you've done. <laughs> well, I'll have to get back to you with my six degrees because I thought it was just like 
you know, talking about Kevin Bacon. No, because then you could just do it any day and say, oh, (laughs) (laughs) there I am. I Googled Kevin Bacon this morning. (laughs) One degree. I could maybe get there, but I would need some help connecting the dots. I was an extra in a movie with Sean Astin one time and John Voight. My second daughter came out of my body looking exactly like Sean Astin. It was oh. remarkable. John Voight is Angelina Jolie's father. Right, So I'm okay. sure we can get there somehow. Yeah. We have the beginning and the end figured out. It's yeah. just the middle. Yeah. The middle part. See, <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I can do the six degrees of self-promotion where I can turn any conversation and get to, by the way, have you rated I Am The Cute One five stars? By the way, listeners, have you rated us five stars That's yet? how you close right there. Always be closing. <laughs> So Cal has lost everything, his wife, his friend in the sweater vest, and his overall dignity. Luckily, Jacob has been watching Cal at the bar for the past two nights, and he can't take it anymore. (laughs) Jacob is going to help him become a man. Now, there's a lot about Crazy Stupid Love that doesn't really hold up, but I do have to thank this movie because I'm pretty sure it taught like just a whole bunch of straight men that taking a shower doesn't make you gay. Like I do appreciate that this makeover is like, listen guys, stop trying the least. Maybe just try a little bit. Ryan Gosling never did it for me in any other movie. Truly none. Ryan is not my Ryan of choice. Easy, Donnie. I'm sorry, Wesley. I don't know if it's the accent. I don't know if it's just the overall demeanor, but this movie, Ryan Gosling was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the tan. <laughs> Maybe it was. I see why he plays Barbie. Well, he plays Ken, but that's okay. That's yeah, okay. yeah, or yeah, sorry. <laughs> but he could play Barbie too, honestly. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie. But he yet. could play Barbie if he wanted. They probably have the same genitals. <laughs> they do. They do. Actually, no. Barbie's underwear is painted on, and Ken is just that's true. Smooth sailing. Yeah, also, Wesley, really quick. <laughs> I just googled Kevin Bacon, Sean Astin, and they were in a movie together in 1987. <gasps> so you win. You're one degree away. One degree. One degree. Well, now if that ever comes up at a party, you can just whip that out and be the clear winner. (laughs) Uh Unless Kevin Bacon comes and says, I am Kevin Bacon. Zero Zero degrees. (laughs) So soon Cal is trading in his dad's shoes that ironically would be what Jacob would be wearing in 2023. Just putting that out there. He figures out the right sunglasses for his peanut head, fixes the Hugh Hefner ball sack under his eyes, and trades in his Velcro wallet. As it turns out, he's better than the Gap. What not to wear who, Stacy and Clinton what. What did we think of this makeover? I don't think I paid enough attention to it. Yeah, it was just uh, upper middle class dad. Yeah, he looked fine. He called it a slim cut scuba suit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can sympathize as like having to wear a lot of layers and just sweating a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just traps it all in there. And it's just like a sauna <laughs> or a greenhouse under your jacket. But yeah, going to, uh, I guess, a club or a bar and you're wearing like four or five layers. Couldn't be me. Yeah. I Actually, I think I liked his baggy khakis and the New Balance. Yeah. yeah. He would fit right in in Brooklyn for yeah. 2023. That's like the thing right now, isn't it? Pleated pants. <laughs> yeah. What do we think about Ryan Gosling's outfits? It was very 2011. That's what fair. did he wear? I don't remember that either. The only things I remember is when he had no clothes on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just like a lot of very, very fitted suits. Mm, yeah. yeah I, I don't think he looked bad, but like 
he was giving big finance bro energy. I have no problem with yeah, that. Yeah, like uh, Christian Bale mm-hmm. from uh, American Psycho. Yeah, American Psycho. I have no problem with that either. Tommy's <laughs> <laughs> like, kill me, daddy. Slip my throat. Give me your business card, Not daddy. Me, but everybody needs an after work activity to relieve stress. And if that's murdering God. people. Now that Chiron's going to say, Donnie approves murder for stress. <laughs> Donnie, are you crazy? Yeah. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, we got Ryan Gosling suits. You know, it's slim cut. What about like the Harry Styles, like loose, high waisted? I don't know, trousers or like a bigger shirt. Is that is that? No, more I like Ryan Gosling's style in this. However, I did recently say if I like when I have the opportunity to go on red carpets, I love the way men dress now where it's like practically nothing like people are truly just wearing open blazers like that is a look no it's not you yeah. just have dress <laughs> but that's fine because if i can show my cleavage i'm going to there's one thing about me that everyone should know and they probably already do i love being naked now that it's approved on the red carpet absolutely well i just can't wait until you're so famous that you can poo bear on the red carpet and nobody says shit to you Donnie. i can't wait i'm gonna wear a jock strap and a blazer and that's it at the oscar i wear a jock strap backwards all the time backwards <laughs> yeah it's more comfortable who's to say we're not winnie the pooing right now i always have oh god okay we don't need to be sexually harassing our guests anymore it's Donnie. not even yeah. sexual this is my home yeah. <laughs> See, Wesley. Just don't knows. stand up. Okay. So turning Cal into a man is going to take more than a blazer and a new haircut because when it comes time to flirt, Cal's I married my high school sweetheart and have only made love to one single woman begins to show. But after many nights of picking up the bill, it's finally time for Cal to pick up a woman. And in a shock to no one, Jacob's pickup artist adjacent tactics don't really seem to work for Cal. And screaming that Marissa Tomei is boring and making fun of her alcoholism doesn't quite seal the deal. But when he's honest, it turns out she is horny for how pathetic he is. And so Cal's count doubles. He's now had sex with two women Hmm. and it's off to the races because after one night with Marissa Tomei, Cal is a changed man and soon he's pulling puss all over (laughs) that 2011 bar. Nine times, I think. Nine times? What a winner. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, in a totally unconnected storyline, wink, wink, Hmm. we meet Hannah. Hannah is a law student whose life is so PG-13. She has truly the world's most boring boyfriend, and she fantasizes about boinking Conan O'Brien. Enter Jacob. Now, if her celebrity hall pass didn't give away her violently bad taste to begin with, the fact that she becomes the first woman in this film to turn down Ryan fucking Gosling (laughs) confirms it. Don't you hate... Josh Groban? Oh, is this Josh Groban? (laughs) The boring guy? Yeah. Oh, now I see it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what I think it was? Is a couple of weeks ago, we covered Glee on our Patreon and he was in it. And I liked him so much in Glee because he was such a monster that I think maybe I've turned the corner. Maybe I can scratch his name off the nemesis list. I didn't even recognize him. When celebrities are self-aware and play themselves, and that's not what he did here, but on Glee, when celebrities are self-aware and play themselves as monsters, that's when I I kind of like like them. them. Because that's when I started to like Anne Hathaway. She did that in something. And I was like, oh my God, you're He's kind of a, 
a cult hero. You know, he makes a lot of cameos in The Office. I think it's always sunny in Philadelphia,、mm-hmm. and I think he plays himself most of the time. And he's just—he's <laughs> like this loud, annoying crooner. <laughs> I kind of liked him in this. I wonder what. Oh, never mind. I was gonna say I wonder what his six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon is, but he's literally in, in the same movie. movie、yeah. So、yes. there it is. <laughs> so two things. One, I do feel like it was rude of Hannah's friend to be making fun of Hannah for wanting to bone Conan. Not because she's wrong; like she should be publicly ridiculed for admitting that to anybody. I love Conan, but he's not in my spank bank.、Mm. But her friend was like, "Ew, ginger junk Conan." <laughs> It's like, ma'am, take a look across the table. The call is coming from inside the house. Like. Emma Stone is one of the most famous redheads in Hollywood. Who do you think you're talking to? That's fucking rude. And then number two, I mean, Conan O'Brien is not on my celebrity hall pass list, but at this point, anytime I see anybody remotely cute, I like turn to my husband, like add him to the list, and he's like, "It's a book. You have a Bible at this point. It's a Cheesecake Factory menu."、Yes. Who's on your guys? Do you have one? Even if it's not real, that you could use the pass.、Um. Ryan Gosling,、uh, <laughs> Marissa Tomei. Yeah, yeah, she's beautiful. Anna De Armas. Oh, okay. Marilyn herself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the girl from Bloodline. I can't remember. She's、okay. just another brunette lady that looks like Marissa Tomei.、Mm, we love a type. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my list was already long, and then like two years ago, I <laughs> came out as bisexual, and so now my husband's like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> It's just literally everyone in Hollywood. Yeah, mine is a book as well. You are well aware. However, I did see a TikTok recently where the girl said her and her husband have a hall pass list, and the husband's is like, I don't know, but we'll say Marissa Tomei, Emma Stone, whatever. And then she said she put like the husband's brother on it and like his best friend and stuff. I was like, that's brilliant because now if you do that, he can't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, basically, you're just setting up the first scene of this movie of somebody saying they want a divorce. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, in short, I'd fuck anybody. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Donny Appreciation Month is just around the corner, and I'm gearing up to be the best version of myself. When I'm at my best, I feel inspired and excited to do things like create content, mix and mingle with celebrities, and cast Kiki Palmer in every movie ever made. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down, and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Therapy has helped me manage my ADHD, develop coping strategies, and gain the confidence to try new things, like starting a podcast in my basement. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more Empowered life therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com/cuteone today to get ten percent off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot com/cuteone. 
Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So as it turns out, Marissa Tomei, Wesley's crush, is Robbie's teacher, which ruins any chance of Mr. and Mrs. Weaver getting back together. And the tangled web doesn't end there. Because as we learn from the Scarlet Letter, (laughs) love is for stupid assholes who fall in love like assholes and have to die like assholes. (laughs) Cal's son, Robbie, is jerking it to his babysitter, Jessica, who loves Cal and thinks Mrs. Weaver is batshit for leaving him. Which... Can we talk about Mrs. Weaver? Forget David Lindhagen, Hagen, Hagen. This is our villain. Yep, I agree. She's awful. How? I mean, cheating on your spouse is nothing I agree with, but she could just be a woman in crisis. No. Why is she a I don't feel bad for her at all. She is always making herself the victim. I've watched Twilight. It is so bad. (laughs) Just make a podcast and talk about it. You don't need to, like, make yourself be the victim because you chose to watch Bella Swan bite her lip for an hour and a half. (laughs) Also, like, you are leaving a guy who is literally still taking care of the lawn in the middle of the night. You're saying, I want a divorce. You're banging your coworker, and now you're reading like divorces for dummies (laughs) clearly you didn't think this out very well you're not 
really prepared. And then also, she cheated on him. And then as soon as she finds out that he's acting like a divorced person because she asked for a divorce, she gets pissed at him and then immediately starts getting dicked down by David again. Yep, I agree. And then not only that, she's like, I think I might be having a midlife crisis. Like, shut up. She's like, oh, I'm 44. Oh, no. I have everything I ever dreamed of. A beautiful family. A giant house. I do see your point now. I think that you've sewn my pussy hat on so tight that I can never look badly about women now because you turned me into such a feminist. But feminism is hating women equally. If you see the bad behavior, you know, Donnie, that's for our next lesson. (laughs) So it's okay to hate women. That's the next Chiron. (laughs) Donnie says it's okay to hate women. I'm not here for any of this. (laughs) Wesley, still feminist. (laughs) So let's change the topic then, kind of. I never know if I'm having a midlife crisis or not. I always try to think about it because, like, I do have a nose ring, yes, but I've always wanted one. Mm -hmm. And I said, when I get a bald head, I'll... I'll have a nose ring. Um, and then I got a bald head, so I got a nose ring. That's just follow through. Yeah, yeah that's in my um, long-term goal to turn into Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Step one. You have to be a vampire because that man doesn't age. Oh, I know. Well, then he's not having a midlife crisis, but no. <laughs> I, like all of the steps that you normally can tell if you're having a midlife crisis, I can't do. So like, I'll never get a tattoo because mm-hmm. I'm too fickle. So if I get a rent tattoo tomorrow, I'll be like, oh my God, that's disgusting in a week. So so I won't get a tattoo. I do get body piercings, but that's because I want to. I live paycheck to paycheck, so I can't buy a new car. So all of the steps, like, is this a midlife crisis or not? I don't know. This just sounds like regular adult stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I do feel like both of our personalities are just that like chaotic energy that comes along with a midlife crisis, but that's just like a Tuesday for us. Yeah, and like in my defense, my trajectory was always younger than I am. So like when my Mm. sister was four and I was 16, my mom would buy us the same gifts for our stocking. Like just, (laughs) oh, high school musical stuff for both of them. It's great. (laughs) And it was just easy. I'm easy to please. When I applied to work at Borders Bookstore, they were like, what's your favorite kind of book? I was like, anything a teenage girl would read. So like I (laughs) I clearly am just young. Younger than I am, but now that I'm getting midlife, now Mm. I feel like it seems like a midlife crisis. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So elsewhere, a freshly dumped Hannah Banana shows up to the bar looking like a drowned rat and demands that Jacob take her home. In the PG-13 version, she'd get really drunk and pass out, but she is done being PG-13. She wants to bang the hot guy at the bar. And she is unhinged. She's chugging old fashions. She's accusing Jacob of photoshopping his abs. And she's getting him to confess his big move. Dirty Dancing, which famously Kevin Bacon is not in. (laughs) He's not. And I do know I've told this story on the podcast before. Well, I thought I told a podcast story before and I never did. So maybe I didn't do this one. But I can't let a Dirty Dancing reference pass me by without repeating that at the church talent show, me and my sister, who is 12 years younger than me, did the Dirty Dancing dance. And she was in a shirt of my middle sister 
that on her was dress length, but like short dress length on a six-year-old. So then when I lifted her up, her vagina was in my face, and then we were banned from ever performing in the church talent show again. <laughs> I think that's what happened in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have told that story before, and it doesn't get easier the second time hearing it. Yeah. So I'm going to well, move on. No, don't move on, because oh, I have no. trivia. No, no. <laughs> I have oh. more, more to tell about that Let me that tell part. you about Act 2. No. Um, I have trivia. So Emma Stone has a phobia of being lifted because when she was seven, she fell off the gymnastics bar and broke both arms. So she didn't realize that she had long-term phobia until Ryan Gosling did the lift at a rehearsal. And he, in an interview, described her like meltdown from lifting her as a possum falling out of a tree and trying to scratch her eyes out. (laughs) That is so vivid. (laughs) So specific. After that meltdown, she ran away crying and had to lie down in bed to calm down and like close her eyes and count. So production then used the body double for the actual scene. But... When he, when it like cuts to outside and he's lifting her and she's screaming, that is the real screams from the rehearsal. <gasps> yeah. That is so fucked up. They were like, did we get the footage of her PTSD? Great. Put it in B-roll. Now kiss. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the screams. I read this before I watched it and they weren't as like terror struck as you would assume yeah. they would be. It wasn't like Grape Lady Falls. <laughs> My wife does sound like that when she stubs her toe on the coffee table. (laughs) Let's go back to this lifting thing. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that with anybody. I don't know, Donnie, you have experience lifting. (laughs) I do. Uh, That's correct. I was still shaking when I lifted her. And that's a six-year-old girl I was lifting. So, yeah, I can't imagine doing it unrehearsed with... A stranger you meet at the bar. I would like to hear his segue into Dirty Dancing because I would have the same reaction as Emma Stone of like, you do what? You find a way to bring up Dirty... How? How do we get there? Well, if he was on a date with you, he would just bring up Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) And then Chelsea would find a way to plug the podcast. (laughs) I'd be in the air floating around his head. Don't forget to rate us five stars. So while Dirty Dancing doesn't lead to dirty Mm. deeds, it does lead to a night of sharing secrets, Mm. trying out massage chairs, and Jacob admitting that he has parents and a pretty substantial shopping addiction. Hannah is a game changer, and he is smitten. Meanwhile, in the unlucky in love department, Robbie, the son, draws a scarlet J on his chest and publicly declares his undying love for Jessica, who is... This is where it gets, who is too busy making literal child pornography to notice. But as we learn from our Deliver Us from Eva episode, you see that plug? See what I, I did do. there? Uh-huh. Some grand gestures go better than others. But I do want to know, what was your like weirdest or most pathetic crush? Donna, you first. Oh, <laughs> he's like, you look pathetic. <laughs> um <laughs> There was this girl in youth group, and youth group was, like, from 6th grade to 12th grade. So I was a lot younger than her. She was in high school. I was in middle school. And I really liked her. I almost said her name, but I was You did really like her, because usually you're giving out full middle, <laughs> yeah, last I'm here name, to protect her. social yeah. security number. 
<laughs> when we went to Creation Festival, which is like Woodstock for Christians, um, she met a boy there that was age appropriate that she liked, and they spent the whole time together. So then I wrote a blues song, like, my name is Donnie, and I performed it in front of her and him about how much I liked her, and she didn't like me back. Oh, Disgusting. No. Yeah. I was emotionally manipulative, even in sixth grade. Wow. And then I just perfected my talents and got married. Owned your craft. Yeah. The rest wow. is history. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry. I know that's sociopathic behavior. I do. You just said her name. Oh, oh Donnie. <laughs> you made it so far. The stories are real, but the names have been changed to protect yeah. the identities. Donnie, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my that's God. Right. I won't use any names. Larissa Olenek. <laughs> this was my like first weird one, but it's only weird because I think I only started liking her because she was on The Secret World of Alex Mack. Mm-hmm. And the first episode I saw, I think she turned into that goo and then <laughs> popped up naked behind a crate or something and was like, hand uh-huh. me my clothes. And I was like, I think I was at an age where I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, I was like, who is this? And then I loved her in Babysitter's Club. And uh, and 10 Things I Hate About You? Yeah. It just kind of started weird, and then it eventually <laughs> faded. Um, I did in high school. I, did, I was in ninth grade, and I dated someone in 12th grade. <laughs> and, uh, and me and my best friend, BJ, who... Just as a middle schooler or high school, BJ is probably just the worst name to have. Yeah, I'd say so. He dated her younger sister who was in eighth grade. And so oh. we were both in ninth grade, which I guess hindsight is not that weird or that far off as far as an age gap. But when you're, I guess, 14 or 15 and this girl is like, hey, I'll come pick you and BJ up and we'll go with me and my sister <laughs> after the ball game to go kiss or something. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that sounds great. We broke up like three weeks later. But your hoe face was activated. Yeah, from yeah. from that point on, I was like, okay. <laughs> this is what high school is like. And then several toxic relationships later, I found my wife and here we are. Yeah, I've told a lot of my weird crushes, my weird sexual awakenings. The fox from Robin Hood, Robin Hood. comes to mind. Yeah, like talk about a legit <laughs> fox. But I did ask the cuties for their most weird or most pathetic crush stories. And just a few... There's one that says, when I was in middle school, I loved the guy who played Joseph in Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. He was gay, but I was obsessed and went to every performance. And that's like a very gay play, too. Like, it's not about gay people, but there's no way to wear a rainbow coat and yeah. see masks. It's very colorful. <laughs> the next one just says, my therapist. So oh, God. That one works out for you. Then there is, my high school history teacher literally just dreamed about him the other night. Christ. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, I think it was just a rite of passage for your sexual awakening to be Han Solo, right? I didn't cross that river with you, but hey, I just said the fox from Robin Hood, so who am I to judge? I did tell a girl one time that she looked like the dog Roxanne from a Goofy movie. (laughs) No. That's a compliment. But I made it as a compliment. Babe. And they took it. As an insult. They're like, oh, you yeah. think I look like a dog? I was like, yeah, but she was cute. And yeah, dog with a red hair. Yeah, and those jean shorts she's wearing. Yeah. Hoochie mama. <laughs> okay. 
So buckle up, because M. Night Shyamalan who? The last 30 minutes of this movie are a journey. I screamed. I barfed. Go ahead. Oh, right. It was your first time. Yeah. So were you expecting any of this? Had you put together any of the clues, or was this, like, truly no. shocked? I thought I was a Olsen and Olsen mystery agency detective, because I put the clue of the teacher being the teacher because her bracelet you can see when the teacher writes on the board in the scarlet letter scene so i was like oh my god it's her but this hannah being cal's daughter reveal that shook me to my core i literally did barf but that is because i ordered wingstop and then had chocolate milk for dessert i don't think it had to do with this movie okay (laughs) i hope your tummy's feeling okay now yeah goodness Okay. Donnie had to leave because he had to make some business calls. <laughs> so Jessica's mom discovers the nudie pics she intended to give Cal. Cal discovers Jessica's dad attempting to murder him. And we all discover that Jacob is in love with Hannah, who, dun, 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 is Cal's daughter. Truly one of mm. the best endings. I also do want to just state explicitly that Cal did not know about the child pornography, nor was it distributed to him. Correct. No, no, no. So after the police do literally (laughs) nothing and tell them to simmer down, a cab, the family is left to pick up the pieces. And at his eighth grade graduation, Robbie delivers a super depressing speech about love, which is interrupted by Cal, who tells the crowd that his son's graduation speech sucked and that he met his soulmate when he was 15 years old. If I were an administrator at the school, I probably would have cut the mic during like minute two of Robbie's speech, but Cal's monologue seems to do the trick (laughs) and all is right with the world because when you find the one, you never give up. And Cal tells Jacob that he is now the owner of an illegal firearm, slaps him in the face and finally (laughs) gives him his blessing to date his daughter. And that would have been the perfect ending, but nope. The writers thought our child pornography storyline just needed one final twist and turn. So Jessica, for no reason, gives her nudes to a 13-year-old boy. Like, I, they clarified a lot that Jessica's underage, but ew. Like, this is not, none of this was necessary. No. And what 17-year-old, probably in a nice area of LA, doesn't have a car to drive herself home? After she babysit, <laughs> why is the dad still driving her back to her house and like, hey, don't tell your parents about my divorce. <laughs> and now she's she's trusted with his confidential information. When you just said, um, don't tell your parents about my divorce, that was very Steve Carell. And I do see it now. Wesley. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it only took an hour, but I really see it now. And then also, like, why was she at that graduation? Right. You know, because, like, she wasn't graduating. She was mm-hmm. there to support the kids she babysat. But, like, she shouldn't be going anywhere near this family anymore. And wait a second. They were on the same campus when he did that Scarlet Letter reveal. I think he came to her for that. (laughs) I think he came to the high school. He built that whole trebuchet. I thought he was going to hang himself. I thought that was a thing you put a noose on. I was like, oh my God. It's a guillotine. He chopped his head off. (laughs) If I were her parents, even if I knew that Cal did not have any knowledge of those photos, the fact that my daughter took them for this Dad, mm-hmm. like you're not going to the graduation. You're not seeing him. <laughs> no. You're gonna go to summer camp. Yeah, yeah sending truly. you to that school that Kathy Hilton said. Her parents were at the graduation yeah. too. Well, I mean, at least they didn't send her <laughs> That's alone. That's true. Oh, my yeah. God. 
who knows what she'd be capable of. But. Yeah, the fact that the dad and the family was still supporting yeah. the other family. Just like, maybe we need some space. Yeah, and with her parents there, she sent off the nudes to the little boy. So yeah. imagine if they weren't. Which means she had them on her person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also means her parents didn't take them away. That's true. Like that would be burned in a fire. That's very true. And it made it look like she was so moved by this speech about love that she was like, let me just give these nudes to this little boy. But she did bring them to the graduation anyway. What was her plan? <laughs> so was she just going to throw them like Regina George? <laughs> <laughs> She was just going to slip it in Cal's back pocket. She used a lot of ink, too. That was like four or five photos, like full color. So if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to Okay, so I didn't cast the remake, but I said, and maybe this is just because it is the writer of This Is Us, but I do think it would have worked better as a TV show because I do feel like some of the plots were not rushed, but like could have definitely been fleshed out more. So as a TV show, I think it would be fun if the season one finale is where we find out Hannah was the daughter. Oh, I like that. I said keep the same cast, make it a sequel, and have it be now Robbie is a young man and have it be like helping him discover what it is to be a man, but having it through the 2023 lens of like a lot has changed in terms of like, what is masculinity and what does it mean to be a man and all of that. But then just have the same cast because I love all of them. Yeah. They're all great. What about you, Wesley? Uh, So I have like three different recasts. Oh, give it to us. I like this thing where let's keep the movie the same, but we just replace the actor with somebody of the same first name. Oh, okay. And we get a completely different movie, but the same uh-huh. plot. So for Steve, I have Steve Buscemi. <laughs> for Ryan Gosling, I have Ryan Reynolds, just a one for one, mm-hmm. which is my second favorite Ryan. I still like Ryan Gosling better. Uh, for Emma Stone, I had either Emma Bunton of Spice Girl fame. Oh, wow. Or Emma Thompson. <laughs> I can see Steve Buscemi being Emma Thompson's mom. <laughs> Leo, the babysitter, is just Leo DiCaprio. Oh. And then Julianne Huff for Julianne or Julie Andrews. <laughs> That's the first one. Chaotic. And then actual recast, it's really hard because I feel the same, Chelsea. I love all the characters. I, I love these people. So I tried really hard to get a one-for-one. One. And I don't know y'all. Y'all's personalities are really hard to peg down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who you like and who you hate. Well, let's find out together. Drum roll, please. For Steve Carell, I tried to find the same age range. I did a lot of research, and I apologize. We appreciate it. <laughs> he he uh, apologized for <laughs> research. I'm so sorry for being a prepared guest. Like, it was so thoughtful of you. Uh, but for Steve Carell, I went with Paul Rudd. Oh, good choice. That's a good one. <laughs> Ryan Gosling was hard uh-huh. because I had just seen Elvis. I went with Austin Butler, maybe. Okay. Now, the problem will be when he speaks like Elvis in this movie. <laughs> right. Maybe a Zac Efron pre-jaw surgery. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> if the rumors are true. <laughs> they are. Okay, so for... Emma Stone. I went with Maya Hawk. Okay. Classic Nepo baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We love the Nepo babies here. Yeah. Yeah. One day to have them. <laughs> uh, and then Julianne Moore. I went maybe Jen Aniston. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Or I went real country and I went Reba McIntyre. Oh, you sold Donnie <laughs> there. Say no more. Hey, classic redhead. Just a single mom who works two uh. jobs, you know. Reba's the strong one in this marriage. She's never leaving. That's true. Love you, Reba. So maybe my third version was where, because Joey King is in this movie, 
And she has like two lines yeah. and she's a fantastic actress. So I figured like the new sequel would be something with her Ooh. and like Michael B. Jordan or yeah. something. But uh, she has <laughs> to play it the way she played the act. <laughs> I know that was an inappropriate joke just by Donnie's laughter, but <laughs> right over my head. I'm going to stick to my guess. Should <laughs> <laughs> have ended with Reba. So what about this movie? Final, final thoughts. What aged well and what aged like blockbuster? So normally I can put like plot lines or problematic stories or characters aside or even like, you know, homophobia or, or like R words thrown around. I can like ignore that for the sake of the story. But everything with the babysitter, like nudes yeah. for Steve Carell that are later given to an eighth grade boy, that was all too much. And it was hard for me to like, say oh it's just a sign of the times (laughs) yeah and it's hard to overlook because it's wrong but also because this is a two-hour movie knowing that that just didn't have to exist and Mm. we could have had a nice like hour and 40 minute movie instead of two hours but also like there were other ways of showing this like puppy dog love for somebody else's dad like it could have been an embarrassing note it could have been like she wrote him a song on a mixtape like her parents could still be super upset and like worried about what's going on without it being literal Mm -hmm. rental nudes of a 17 year old yeah I was going to say Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher's marriage. Yeah. Oh. They're like, yeah, Ashton Kutcher's dating Demi Moore. And I was like, oh. Not anymore. Age like blockbuster. <laughs> I think the standing with your dick in somebody's face and then saying you don't care when they mm. ask you to move it doesn't particularly age well. And then I think overall, just like there were tinges. And he got away with it because he's Ryan yeah. Gosling. But it was very like mystery from the pickup artist adjacent in the way he would kind mm. of like neg the women of he thinks you're too pretty to be interesting or like I think at one point Cal literally says like when he's been <laughs> miyagi or whatever like you tell them to go home with yeah. you they aren't given a choice I'm like we don't yeah. need to just outright say that's what you're doing but Uh-oh. overall I mean it is funny I think it holds mm-hmm. up better than most in terms of films we cover and I think it's just because like the cast is packed and they're all such great actors they are all so charismatic and i love all of them so i think i very much enjoyed this movie upon rewatching. yeah i would say the same i as far as aged well i think all the actors and actresses aged well just physically yeah and then i'll say cell phones the cell phones in the movie are making a comeback <laughs> uh-huh. because the new uh, gen, whatever, they like want flip phones now. Oh they will soon discover the joy that comes with if you're angry and you get to snap that thing shut. There's no greater feeling. Uh, <laughs> I brought props. I love that. Well, thank you so much for yes, coming on. Tell you. everybody where they can follow you, watch your hilarious videos, all the things. Pimp yourself out. I'm Wesley Teague. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, uh, Wound Teague. Uh, don't ask. It's an arbitrary name. It means nothing. But thanks for having me, guys. I had a blast. Of course. Thank you Thank so you. much. So next week we are covering Old School, and we'll be back yeah. next week. All right. <laughs> All right. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like a sister. sister. <laughs> that was a blast. We didn't get to talk about Mary Kay and Ashley once. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at RealDonnyWood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. 
And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.